It's Lionheart, live at Boat Fest. It's Amigos, episode 357. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Lionheart. Yeah. Aaron, what's your spirit animal? I'm going to start going to the stick again. It's the lion. I'm going to say it again. Why? Because, listen, what's a lion do? He struts around the jungle. He picks up a couple mates, right? Does he? When someone jumps up in his face, he roars. He gives the business. That's exactly the way I roll. Mm. <laughs> what about you? Wombat. Why? It's a cool name. Wombat. What are those? Are they bats? I, I was going to look it up before the show, but yeah. I, I decided to let it ride. So you got nothing then. Aren't they little fuzzy, little creepy, little freaks? They are kind of freakish. I You're think. not fuzzy. They cling to the side of cave walls, I think. Right. Yeah. So why would you want to do that? Well, I, do they die easily? If you didn't look them up, how would I? I don't know. Let's just say yes. Okay. Well, then I don't want to be a wombat. Well, well, I take it back. Pick up something better. I don't know. What about the sloth? You like him? That's the one. Yeah. I am sort of sloth-like. That's the one. I, you know what I like best? The sloth has kind of become famous lately. Have you noticed that? You see it on shirts. You do? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, I didn't choose the sloth life. Listen, a lot of people choose that life. <laughs> it's true. You don't need a shirt that displays your slothery. It should say, it's a picture of a sloth that says, I'm sorry. I'm a bum. I am a bum. Now that's more like it. You could put that on the shirt of the Amigos podcast as well. <laughs> well, this has been a sloth-like performance, that's for sure. Aaron, I'll tell you what's not been slothful this week. What? The uh, whirlwind of news in the Amiga scene. Let's oh. check it out. <laughs> All right, Aaron, you know, we're going to start here with a video that I saw yeah. by the one, the only Chris Edwards. I've heard of him. Okay. He is, uh, he's restoring this Amiga 3000T. Now, I didn't know that there was a 3000T. Tell me, did you ever have one of these bad boys? Did I? Yeah. God, no. I could have a T anything. Hmm. I don't... 3,000 T? I need the 4,000 T. Yeah, I didn't know that there was a 3,000 T. There can't be too many of those. I don't think so. But anyway, he uh, he basically puts you through the paces here. He shows you all about uh, what was going on. Um, and, you know, he does it in his usual Chris Edwards way. Um, you know, if you had to pick... The 3,000, you're, you're looking at the wrong video there. You realize that, right? Oh, no, I guess so, because I was baffled. I was baffled at what you were talking about. Oh, here it is. I got you. Right. So, um, anyway, you can check out Chris's look at the 3,000. Look at the size of that thing. It's massive. It's massive. So, Aaron, if you were going to have to choose between the 4,000 and the 3,000 T, which would you choose? Whichever one's more valuable, mm. I would go after, because then I would sell it. Mm. So what you, am I going to do with that? You, you have no, you have no nostalgia for a uh, tower-based Amiga system. Listen, I stay in my lane, all right. Because what am I going to do with this thing? Play games a little faster? They're not going to do anything different. So you give me one of these. That's like giving 
you know, uh, my kid a Ferrari. Like, you don't know what to do with this. And I don't know either. So I'll just take the money and get something better with it. Mm. And I know you don't have any idea what these things do. I would hold on to this, like, grim death. Would you? Know? you? I, would, I love the, the T-Series. I would rather have the real 3000. It was cool looking. It does, yeah, actually, I take it back. It does. The 3000 does look cooler than the tower, don't you Plus, think? you can set the monitor on top. Yeah. People don't realize how, how much of a better setup that is when you set the monitor on top of a computer. Because then, when you have to open it up, you have to lift that monitor off, and you're, it's weight training. That's what that is. Right? You don't have a lot of those uh, flat computers, do you, Boat? I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Give me a break. Weight training. Get Let's move on, shall we? Aaron, our next, uh, our next video, this is actually, I saw this on Bill's stream. I'm sure you're familiar with Amiga Bill, aren't you? I've heard you? of him. You've heard of him? He's the King Dong. He, was, uh, he had this couple on, and they've produced a series of uh, of documentaries about various computer platforms. Yeah. And they've decided to move on to the Amiga. This is called the Gaming Chronicles. They call themselves a digital film resource of everything you ever wanted to know about the games industry. It's a pretty bold claim. Yeah. I would say. And they're, so they're doing multiple machines. Multiple machines. And this is the first stop. This is episode one, the Commodore Amiga 500 story. Okay. Now, Aaron... You, we've seen tons of these videos. Yeah. Viva Amiga, yeah. the Commodore years. Yeah. All of, is there still a story waiting to be told with the with the, with the, with the Amiga, or do you think everything's already been said? No, there's no more story. We know we know what happened. I mean, how many of these things are going to make? They need to get in this computer. Like they're going to do multiple computers, right? Like I want to hear all about the TI. Let's hear about something. I, let's you know go into the Vic or something. Something you don't hear about every day. Now listen, mm -hmm. I love the Amiga, but I mean. My God, this is well-trodden ground. Yeah. How much are we going to turn over? Well, here's the thing. You know what they like? I don't. Money. Oh. And you know what Amiga fans have? They got some bread. They got wide. You don't think okay. TI fans have a bunch of money? Listen, you want to raise 50 cents, make a TI documentary. <laughs> okay? You don't think TI can put together 36 large? These guys wanted $24,000 to make this documentary. They've already surpassed their goal by over $10,000. $36,000. Okay? There is an insatiable, like, lust. Mm-hmm. For Amiga video stuff. Yeah, yeah. Know? And these are, I mean, these guys are a well-proven team. I think it's a husband and wife team. It is, actually. Uh, they are headquartered in London, and they were behind the Bedrooms to Billions series. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure you're familiar I saw, with that. I saw that, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they, they, uh, they seemed personable when they were talking to Bill. Uh, you can pledge, I believe, the uh, minimum pledge to actually get this thing is 15 pounds. So that's about 20 bucks, right? And uh, you get your name in the credits. They are making a blue. Uh, the one of the stretch goals is a Blu-ray documentary, and I believe that they've already met that stretch goal. Are you are you a fan of you know getting physical editions of movies anymore? Do you get any steel boxes? What's your steel box collection like? It's, it's, it's low. Mm. Uh, I don't have a DVD player. Uh, I, I, if I'm honest, I do. That's not true. I've got a, I've got a Bluetooth external drive. In, in the box, mm -hmm. and I have my monitor sitting on it. It's been there for years. I've never even opened the so box. So you haven't even put like a, a video disc in a machine in the Let me tell you time. something. Even before Blu-rays were around, I was dealing on the digital side of things. You know, because I'm cheap. Right. So I just, you know, I would piracy. download it. Well, yeah. I wouldn't say piracy. I would. Well, I mean, you know, but I mean, I didn't want to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And those physical discs, they get, they have to storm and crap. I'm not in it, you know. Yeah. Some people, I had a lot of videotapes. I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. But the discs, no good. Yeah. So, no, but I, I, 
Also, what are they? If they're not filming this in blue, in Blu-ray, what are they filming it in? I don't like, know what, what that means. Didn't you say the stretch goal was they're going to do it in Blu-ray? Well, they're going to produce a Blu-ray edition. I believe that this is going to be shot in your you know resolution that's common these days, your 4K or whatever. It's just the physical thing. You know, they're going to make a physical edition of this thing if they meet the stretch goal. Would that so that would not incentivize you? You wouldn't be like, I'm doing it for the physical edition. No. I thought maybe they were shooting this in like I don't know S video. That would be and an interesting. Gonna move, like, yeah. You get an upgrade. That's a good blue. angle. You know, that's a good angle. You that'd start be cool. out. Yeah, we're gonna start off like because that'd be an awesome stretch goal. It's like listen, we're gonna make a Fisher Price reel mm -hmm. for the old you know the clicky gimmick, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then if we get like fifty bucks, we're gonna get one of those old cameras from like the seventies, you know, like thirty three millimeter or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then if we get like two hundred bucks. We'll get one of those video cassette cameras. Right. And then you work your way up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do that. When we'd we be make doing our like, we'd be hand drawing stuff. That's where we would be. We'd be screwing on that. But anyway, you can check this out. This is called The Gaming Chronicles, Episode 1, The Amiga 500. You can check it out on Kickstarter. And, uh, you know, this has already been funded. So if you back it, you know you're going to get it. I think that's how Kickstarter works, right? I, 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 yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, Aaron. It's time to talk about. We go from the uh, we go from the movies to the printed media here. Yeah, Amiga Attic issue thirteen is now available oh, for order. Can you believe it's already been more than a year of Amiga Attic? I can't. It I seems can't. like I these guys have been around forever. Yeah. Of course, we love Amiga Attic. They, oh, they yeah. support the show. Uh, this issue coming up gives you a digital cover disc from the one, the only Hoffman. Aaron, I like Hoffman. Hoffman. He's a, I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's on the disc? Well, it doesn't say. It's but it does say it's not available anywhere else. So this is a when you say what you say this was a digital cover. It's disc? It's a digital cover disc. So what an angle. Well, yeah, you know how it works. They give you, they send you the ADF, and then you you put it on the disc. You grease weasel it. You know, it seems like you could strap an SD card or something on one of these magazines. Well, you could because then you'd have the the tactile pleasure of you know plugging it in. Well, you're not going to get much tactile pleasure out of an SD card, but. Trust me. Oh, well, you would be amazed how much pleasure it gives me. <laughs> so, um, a couple other things. Uh, it looks like Hoffman, I guess there's some demo stuff on here on this cover disc. There's an interview with ex-CU Amiga legend, Tony Horgan. Holy smokes. Uh, the first mods for the A500 Mini. I know you were on top of that pretty quick, talking about the mods available yeah. for that. Uh, there's a look at the Ami Game Jam and Amiga Art Contest results. Uh, Ravi Abbott has a feature on Morphos. Morphos. Oh, man. How do you say that? You I think Morpho S is the... Because Morpho sounds like some kind of evil wizard. Well, that makes it cool, though. <laughs> Not if you're trying to sell Morpho, does it? <laughs> so anyway, as always, Amiga Addict, a great buy. Uh, you can pick them up here at BoatFest if you're here. Uh, and um, we appreciate them, and we wish Jonas all the best in terms of his uh, going with Pixel Addict, Amiga Addict. I think he's got even more stuff in, in, the, in the can. So Jonah, good work. And, of course, Pixels at Dawn and everybody else. Seems like half the people we know work on a yeah. Attic. All right, Aaron, we move on. We move on to our buddy, Tenmark, the 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast. He's talking about the new tech Digiview Gold. Yeah. Okay. What do you know about this thing, Aaron? I had a Digiview, believe it or not, back in, back in the day, uh, Boat. And the, uh, um, they were hard to use. All right? This and is a handheld scanner, correct? This was a gimmick. You know, and it was this deal, all right? Picture this kind of white box. It was a gimmick and a it deal. It was a deal, and it plugged into a thing, like a port in the back, and it had a, a, a port on it, like a, a RCA port, and then you would use it to digitize pictures, right? right? But you can't just shoot the picture, because that's, 
it was this was old. You had to have a color wheel in front of it. Really? So you'd do it, yeah. So like, let's say I'm taking a picture of the crowd here, right? Right. I would I would put the wheel out and I would take a scan of them. Like, don't move, crowd. Bam, scan them in like blue. Turn the wheel, scan them in red. Wow. Bam, turn the wheel, scan them in you know whatever the other one, green. Right. I think that's the other one. And then I think there was a clear one too. That's the mystery just, slide. Just, just I don't know fun. what that one did. Yeah. And then. If they didn't move, you pushed and it would smush all these together. Bam! You got a uh, low res picture. Mm -hmm. So you, I didn't use it that much. So you you think this was sort of a piece of technology that when it moved on, nobody was really lusting for the days of the hand. Well, you got to think when these things came out. Go find me the other dude that's making digitized pictures. Guess what? None. Mm -hmm. There was nobody doing it. The right. Amiga was like right up front, and Digiview was. I mean, it was a competent product. They had a good software package that came with it. You know. Uh, and Doug, I'll watch this video. Of course, Doug, lots of flowers in the old video here. Yeah, he and loves the, flowers. Yeah, well, I mean, he listen, you could love worse things. Than That's flowers. true. That's true. There yeah. were, I, I can imagine well, back You don't in the like day, flowers? I'm just saying people weren't scanning pictures of flowers with this thing back you in the day. You hate nature, don't you? Uh, you don't like nature. I do. What do you think people were doing back in the day with this? Listen. What? Do you think? what? Time to have the sexy seed, baby. Just stay put for twenty minutes while I spin the color wheel. Talk about killing the mood. Some people are into that, you know. What the color wheel? That's your hot button. Break out the color wheel, honey. That's my safe word. Oh God. So. Jeez, let's get out of this. Want to see Thanks, some, Doug. If you want to see some hot, hot handheld scan no, action, you're not going to see it on this video. <laughs> And finally, Aaron, we got one more Chris Edwards video. This one's hot this off the, the press. This is the one. This is the Zulu SCSI device emulator. Yeah. You know, I don't know what this thing is. What you got here, Boat, is you got a um, you got yourself a SCSI device emulator, okay? And it's a well card. it's a card. Yeah. You plug it in and it you put an SD card in there and it's like oh SCSI device. Bam. And that's how it works. So this is what would you connect to this? Uh computer. This I haven't seen. I have, he, this is hot off the presses. I haven't watched it, so I don't know what he does. Who knows what he hooks it to? He can stick it in a watermelon. I don't know. We've been doing the show for a long time, and I'm still not 100 percent clear on what SCSI is. SCSI. Who knows what SCSI? Who in the crowd can tell me uh, what SCSI is? Go. Go ahead and tell me what it is. What? Oh, I knew El Curtis Boyle would know. He just trumped you with that. Just backhand him. Oh, drive bus God. interface. So if you want to connect your drive bus, you get yourself a Zulu, right? Well, yes. All right. That's exactly right. I'm now, glad we, that we've cleared we that don't, up. This is hot. This is so hot that we haven't watched the video yet. Otherwise, we use almost watch all of these. But mm -hmm. this one we don't know. So there you go. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Good luck, brother. Why aren't you here? You live in Pennsylvania. Well, Aaron, we'll him. as we uh, arrive at the end of the gamble train, it's time to talk about... <laughs> Our favorite friend in the retro computing restoration repair space. We're talking about Frank from RetroRewind.ca. Okay. Um, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Frank. I've heard of that guy. Now listen, you, you've heard Frank's got quality service. Sure. Frank, low prices, of course. Frank gets as a speedy turnaround, absolutely. But there's one thing that low, no one knows about Frank. This dude could put away cookies like no man I've ever seen. <laughs> he's sucking these things down like he's never seen food. So, so if you get your computer from Frank, don't be surprised if there's a cookie or two in there. 
You know, Frank is, is here with us live at BoatFest. Uh, he's been working on repairs all weekend long when, he, when he's not been uh, sucking down cookies. As you <laughs> and, uh, and he just gave our keynote speech here. He's, uh, he's in fact, he's working on my Coco 3. He's installing a 6309 in my Coco 3 oh, as God. we speak. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you are interested in seeing Frank talk about his work, uh, you can check out his keynote presentation that he gave uh, that is going to be going up on the YouTube channel pretty soon. But check out the site if you want recaps, if you want a flash cart for either your Coco or your Commodore 64. If you need any sort of repairs done, Frank has got your back and you can save 10% off any order by using the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. We thank Retro Rewind and we appreciate them for being a sponsor. I'll just say one more thing. All right, man. After you get, you guys, that's the shtick. But here's the real truth. Frank went through hell and perdition to get down on this. He did. To Boat Fest. And so, uh, Frank, to you, I give you the Amigo Aaron salute. Let's give Frank a round of applause for making it. I thought you were going to do a salute. No, this is Hee Haw Boat. Get that out of here. Thank you, Thank you, Frank. All right, Aaron. We beat around the bush enough. Oh, yeah. It's time. To get into Lionheart. Yes, sir. Finally. Man, I've been waiting for this one for a long time, Boat. Because you know, uh, there's no secret here that this is one of my all-time favorite games. Yeah. And we covered this long ago. This is, what is this called, these episodes where we uh, do it again? Second look. Second look episode. Well, I've given this thing more than a couple looks, you know. I love this game. But I'm going to give you a chance to be less dumb than you were the previous couple times. Because there's, a lot of people don't know it, but you shot a separate video where you looked at Lionheart again on your own. And then you badmouth it more <laughs> without me being there. So I'm going to give you a chance. But let's get into uh, let's get to the particulars here, uh, boat. When it comes to the lion heart. Now I should ask you this, boat, uh, before we get into this. How much how much gameplay did you give the old lion this week? Uh, I you know I played this quite a bit because I'm always <laughs> willing to go back to a game that I, I bury yeah. and give it a second shot. I so. don't believe you. Because you bury a lot of games that I don't think... I, if you ever played them again, I would be baffled. I'll be honest with you. Don't give me that. So, Lionheart released in 93 on four discs. It took four to ho to keep this thing in line. Uh, published and developed by Thallion. Right? Now, Thallion was an interesting outfit. And I wanted to mention this about them. Because this game... When they took this game to get, to get it made... They took a gamble. The guys that made it were uh, real big console gamers. All right. You would not know that by playing and this game. That's not true. It's very console-y. And so they said, listen, we're going to give the Amiga community uh, a, a console-esque like, uh, game, an expansive game, uh, and we're going to see how it will do in 1993. And we're not going to put any copy protection on it. We're gonna, <coughs> excuse me. We're gonna. They put a message on it. Mm -hmm. It said, "This is Thalion's experiment. If the Amiga community will band together and purchase this game, as we know you can and as you should, then we'll usher forth many games of this quality." And they released the game, and then, uh, yeah, we pirated the hell out of this game. And they never, they never did anything else really. But they went out of business, I believe, soon after this came out. Well, they moved on to do other games on other consoles. So for you know, as as a team, not so much, but as individuals. But this was pretty much the, their final hurrah. Um, the guys that did it were a a, a a competent bunch, indeed. So you, this was designed by Eric Simon. Uh, and you'll note, you'll hear a lot of these uh, mentioned over and over. He was uh, involved in uh, Chamber of the Shaolin, which we looked at one time, Dragonflight, Last Ninja Remix, uh, plus a lot of the other games that these guys worked on, Amber Moon, Amber Star, 
uh, um, Trex Warrior, which we I've looked at on stream. Uh, the coders on this were uh, Michael Bittner and Erwin. Uh, oh man, Clover. Let's go with that. Okay. Uh, these guys worked on Misadventures of Flink, which we also looked at. Sort of the the PlayStation version of that on the stream. It's a pretty neat little platform. I don't know if you played that one or that not. That was a CD32, right? Flink. Or this is the Misadventures of Flink. Misadventures okay. of Flink. Uh, the the graphics were done by the great uh, Hank Nyborg. Yeah. Remember, still, when, remember he still, when he stood you up? He still won't accept my yeah. friend request, but I've been trying. Now, he did Amber Moon, Amber Star, uh, Flink, and Ghost Battle. And then he went on to do a lot of stuff in the in the console world. He actually, Nyborg was so happy with this that when a guy was porting this to the uh, to the PC, he actually gave him a, some additional graphics to wow. put in. Because they're very fond and they're very proud of the game that they put forth here. Uh, so let's just get into the game proper here, Boat. Uh, when this game starts out, uh, you've got a a beautiful, uh, moving quest that you go on here. You know, I don't like to dwell on the plots of these. But I, want to, I want to get into this because it's pertinent to the importance of how awesome the game is, right? So, you've got a character in this name, Valden. I thought he, his name was Lionheart. No, no, well, I'm getting to that. Okay. <laughs> so, this guy's hanging and banging and bam, arrested, okay? The king says, listen, we got a problem. All right, now I'm paraphrasing. Right. Um, the Lionheart was stolen, and also, which he needs this, got to have that. Mm -hmm. And also, as an added bonus, they horked this dude's girlfriend. So right? the Lionheart is an object. It's a gimmick. It's a thing. Yeah. So they, they, so it's they, a holy relic of the cat people. That's right. That's correct. Just like David Bowie. Yeah. He, so, yeah. anyways, they, <laughs> so they steal the, they steal it. And then they also steal his girlfriend, or they ho they hose her up, okay? What does that mean? Well, she, you know, they turn her to stone, all okay. right? She, everybody must get stoned, and she did. They use a special gimmick on turn her to stone. So the king says, listen, we need action, brother. We need you to go out, and you, we need to get this Lionheart back. And oh, by the way, if you get a chance, try to heal your, your girl. Okay. You get find an amulet. Right, okay. amulet. All right, so what Lionheart does, what everyone would do in that situation, he mounts a weird dinosaur. It's a dragon. After he gets his, after he gets a bunch of armor on, mm -hmm. and then he flies off. I really like when they show at the beginning Lionheart clothing himself. Yeah, yeah. I do, do you really like that? I mean, yeah. why? It's sexy. That that turns you on. Yeah. Can you imagine the amount of hair in that armor? No, uh, you don't want to imagine. I, you know, I just see because he's full of hair. So when he gets on his thing, all of a sudden, bam! The 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 dragon gets shot down. Do you see how the dragon speaks to him as yeah. he approaches him? That's cool. Yeah. You know, have you ever seen uh, 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 heavy metal? No, it's violent. Anybody seen heavy metal? Remember the hot chick and the and the and the thing? Everybody remembers that. You know, I know Level Lord knows. So anyway, he gets on the gimmick. He flies over, gets shot down. Bam! You're in the weird woods, and that's when the game starts. So now, before we get to the gameplay. Tell me your thoughts about this moving tale and the opening uh, part of this, because there's there's kind of rotoscoping, mm -hmm. 3D depth things going on, moving music. What did you think about this? It's very impressive. It's a very impressive introduction. Yeah. Um, the cinematic gets thrown out a lot, you know, when we talk about various things. But this is a great mixture of text interspersed with a little bit of basic animation, you know. It's not what I hate in games is when they give you 15 walls of text yeah. and then they play a movie and then you start. This is kind of goes back and forth. 
it makes you excited to play the game, but the best thing about it is that it's 100% skippable. You hit the button, you go right to it. That's not the, I mean, well, it is. I'm not going to ban that because you're right. But that, that you should still watch it every time. That's what I do. do you? But I think you get fired up to play Lionheart. That's the only way you It's get moving. Fired up to play. It's white. It's chick. I turned to stone, man. Anyway, then the game starts. And so that's when it gets on. Okay, so the, this thing gives you certain options to begin the game. You can set your uh, joystick to one or two buttons. Hey, not every game was doing that, Bo. That's right? true. That's true. This this lets you have options uh, for how the difficulty. You got normal, you got hard, and then you got lion hard. <laughs> that right there should earn a point just because they had the guts to do that. That's pretty. There's great. no easy in this game. That's for no. suckers. Yeah. You got to put the hard ones, and then once you pick this stuff up, then you're good to go, and then you're off to do battle. Now, Lionheart, what they fight with sword. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mean, sword. What? What's that? What's this? It's a butter knife. That's not a... Listen, don't start yet on the sword. There's nothing wrong with the sword. It's a short sword. This is a legitimate weapon. Anyway, so Lionheart takes off, and the game starts off, and right away you're you're thrown into this beautiful, uh, multi-layered world, right? There's all kinds of stuff going on. The clouds are moving through the multicolored sky. There's all sorts of water with like crud floating in it in the background. There's uh, there's all kinds of beautiful colors, colors coming out of yin yang. And on top of everything else, you're playing there's sound effects and there's awesome music, okay? What do you think about that? Garish. No, that's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... it's a You've got to be joking. This game is an exercise in bad taste. It's all like pink flamingos. Um, it's... Uh, you go badmouth that too? Well, yeah. Um, I like that. You know, the this is like what happens when you have developers who are like, we know every single trick that the Amiga can do, yeah, and we're going to throw it all at you all the time. Okay, you know, you got to meter this stuff out. Okay, you can't have sixteen levels of parallax all the time because then it just looks like a bunch of stuff moving across the screen. You lose the beauty of it, okay? Let's not put every single gradient available of blue and purple on the screen all the time. I mean, what landscape looks like that? That's as real as it gets. If we walked out, if I went up to uh, a few counties up, if that's the view you're gonna get there. There's a big lake. <laughs> it's true. I mean, those colors are garish, and plus, not only do they have 16 colors, all that gradient stuff. You forgot the awesome water effects are thrown. It's got everything. This, I, trust me. There's no game that puts the final nail in the AGA coffin like Lionheart. So you're actually putting it over for real. Yeah, I am. Graphically. Graphically, it's super impressive. It's just, it's over the top in what it tries to accomplish. I think that it just could have been done, it could have been done a little bit more tastefully. I don't, I don't agree with you on that. I, okay. think you've, I think you shoot the whole works. It looks great. I don't think it looks Gary. I have a because feeling it fits the mood. Well, here's the thing: you knew. I think that the Thalian guys knew that this was a do or die moment. You know, yes, in, in, I agree with that. In '93, you know, uh, the, it, the the consoles were really starting to take off, especially in Europe. The PlayStation was right around the corner, and they knew that they needed to do something really, really special. And so they threw everything they could at this game: yeah. graphically, uh, animation. Um, it's just a question of like when you throw everything at something, it's not always the right move. Uh, well, okay, so graphically, you're, it's a mixed bag for you. I think it's top shelf. Now let's talk about the the little touches that they put in to make it special. Okay, 
when Lionheart runs downhill, he gains momentum mm-hmm. that you can use to jump further. He can pull himself up on vines. He can jump off the vines. There's lots of really uh, uh, excellent leaping in this, and it's not, but it's not crazy time like Manic Miner leaping. I mean, it gets a little tough as you get in, but it's cool. There's a lot of puzzly elements to this where you're trying to cut. There's areas where you have to cut to these vine mazes. There's areas where you have to have to whack the thing you're going to jump on so to make it stop before mm-hmm. you jump on it. There's areas, there's hidden areas in it. There's lots of hidden spots in there. As you go through the game, you're collecting like little thallion gems. What do those some, do, by the they way? They give you extra, you give you extra mantra so if you get so many, like a hundred or whatever. Uh, you, you can augment your sword way into it, which I've never gotten that far. You can also, uh, there are potions to give you uh, extra health and whatnot. Plus, they mix up the gameplay as you go through it. There's uh, areas where you actually retrieve your drag, and there's even sort of a admittedly half-hearted like shoot 'em up area in there. But they do a good job of keeping the gameplay different. And the scenery, you've got about every world have, well, the first world has like I think it's five levels. And then as you go through the rest of them, they kind of start to get smaller. The first world's really large. There are bosses in the game. Uh, some of the bosses are good. Some of them aren't the best. There's a giant kind of a moth-looking thing that you fight after the first world. It's pretty cool. I don't know how boss badly it is <coughs> in terms of a console. Like, I don't know. I mean, because it sort of reminds me of a console boss battle of this era. You you could probably speak on it better than I could. Then there's like, they use the old, uh, they use they use those uh, official fire effects to, to make this fire spirit where they're all like separated little balls, you know, that thing, mm-hmm. which is cool and it works. It's been done on the Amiga, but I don't think it was done as well. You know, I kind of like that. There's uh, a, you fight a mechanical dragon. There's some other stuff in there that's cool that makes it interesting. What do you think about the variety of the game? I think there's a lot of variety. The problem is, is that it takes you way too long to see it. And this is this is sort of the 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 the, the problem that a lot of these types of games have, is that I've never met anyone that's been able to complete the first level of this game. Okay, I put out the challenge on Discord the week before we did this, saying, listen, can anybody beat the first level of this without cheating? If you go through this, if you watch a long play, which a lot of the long plays on YouTube too, they cheat, uh, you see tons. You see tons of variety. And that's great. Yeah. But if you make it so only, you know, 10 or 5% of the players that ever play Lionheart see it, does it even matter? Well, you're not wrong there. It's a di- it's a difficult game. I usually played on I've always played on normal. And it, which is a shame because one of the aspects of the game is if you played on on the higher levels, the levels become longer. They add different creatures. There's more depth to the levels. So when you increase the difficulty, you actually get more game mm-hmm. in there, which is nice. The problem is the difficulty is so hard that you would never in your right it, mind. It's not it's it's it really becomes a test of endurance and a test of your patience. Because the way these levels are structured is that you're often climbing. It's they're vertically and horizontally scrolling, which is you know which is is cool. It's a it's a cool technical achievement. But a lot of times, one you can get lost and not remember where you're supposed to be going, and two you'll get up to a certain point where you'll fall off an edge and you'll land back at the beginning of the and level we, and have we, to do it all over again. We've played games like that in the past mm-hmm. where you would get to a certain point and then you've got to go all the way back across, and it, that does get irritating. That's a thing. I'm not. I'm not going to say. Listen, it's not all rainbows and and butterflies. There are some rough edges. The difficulty is a rough edge. You know, a lot of people. And we might as well go ahead and get into the the way that that uh, the Lionheart attacks in this. Uh, I don't have any problem with it, with a few minor exceptions. And the exception is are 
he does have a limited range. Uh, once you understand, because it's not just to hit a button and sword, they try to put more depth in it, and they gave him moves. He can do a cause like a golden axe, swinging mm -hmm. back move. He does a sweep. He does this sort of thing. But they are they in their um, in their thirst to get complicated and and cool with the moves. They probably went over the line. Well, this is a game where you know you, there's a lot of fast action yeah. in this game. You've got enemies that are coming at you, and you've got to react. And in you know I'd say ninety percent of all platformer games like this, when you hit the button, your guy does an offensive maneuver. Okay. Yeah. In Lionheart, when you hit the button, your guy does the Lionheart, which is where he flounces about with his arms up like this. Okay. I've seen you do the Lionheart a bunch of times. Well, only when I'm drunk. Yeah. So a lot. There's a there's a problem with that, and until you get used to it, it's very frustrating. And again, this is just another thing that probably turned off a lot of the people that wanted to get into this game. Yeah, now, it is. I, a I will say that having a great, you know, all these moves is cool. Yeah. But do you need to have as many moves as he has? The, the way that they should have done this is they should have said, these are the type of enemies that Lionheart is going to try. And I know his name's not Lionheart, but yeah. he's, he'll always be Lionheart to me. Um, these, are the types of, these are the types of enemies that Lionheart is going to try to. So we need a low attack to get rid of the low guys, a medium, and maybe an over the head yeah. or, or something like that. Well, that's what he's got, pretty much. But... They needed to figure out a way to do that with, with not having to hold down the button and then push a direction. Because anytime that you're doing that, Lionheart can't move around while he's, you know, it, it becomes that control is always an issue with this game. And even when you understand what's going on, it doesn't necessarily make it easier. Most of the time what I did was I pretended like this was DuckTales. And I use the pogo maneuver. You know the pogo maneuver? Yeah. I where use he, the, you know, the he jumps strike. up and yeah. yeah which makes no sense if you think about it in real life, but in this game it works it works. No, great. It would work in real life. If you jumped on a dude with a sword, it hurt him. Do you think so? Yeah, the sword's pointed down. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean the thing is you'd have to jump over the guy. Right. And so that would be a problem for me, for now, example. Unless he was a midget. This game has some of the greatest AI, monster AI that I've ever seen, because you know, is a is an enemy monster. Your whole life is waiting for the the good guy to approach so you can you can prey on him. And so many times you'll see the bad guy. He'll slowly descend and then he'll approach the cliff and then he'll just fall off the cliff and then you go on about your business. Yeah, clearly he was waiting for you and you didn't show up. So he's like, maybe he can swim. I don't know. Good like Lionheart. You know, I, I will say hitting the button with, and nothing happening is a, not a good. They, the controls could have been better. You know, if they went with like sort of like a golden axe type of a control yeah. set because golden axe has the ability to do that cool move, you know, and then you could maybe pull down and just hit the hit the weapon down. And here's the no. thing, you know, the the uh, the Amiga actually, I believe, has support for three buttons. Is that true, Crowd? Does it does does the Amiga have support for three buttons Whoa. with the nine pin, just two? Okay, so they were limited to two. Maybe this could have been a game where you could have had uh, you could you could have used up for jump and had two attacks. You know. Well, I would prefer just uh, they could have made it attacks easier. Or here, or here's the thing, you know, your normal attack is the button. Your low attack is down in the button. Your high attack is up in the button. That's right. it. You've but you're still it. moving the joystick when you hit the button. Right. Right. So you still, but I mean, that is how most games. Well, do it, it. yes, I would, I, I will begrudgingly admit that the controls. Yeah, I, I'm used to the controls, but when you're in that pressure situation, yeah. and you are a lot in this game, and you're like, hmm. 
I need to sweep downwards. Like that stupid bug on the mm -hmm. second level. Mm -hmm. And there's a little, and it's something else in this game. While we're, I hate to sit here and badmouth it, but those little annoying little gimmicks, the right. little baby bugs that yeah. come out, those things are reproducing like mad. Like they're mm -hmm. everywhere and, they, and they're annoying and they're hard to kill. They're on the roof. They remind me of those little geeks that are in uh, another world with a little tooth yeah. that come yeah. up. And like, you, they're indestructible. They should run the society. <laughs> You know, there's a they should make a them. game where you're one of those guys. Yeah, and you no can tear it up. I mean, you know, but all that said, yes, the controls, and I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So what are the good points of this game to you? Well, obviously, graphics. I mean, graphics are as high. This is the tippity top of the graphics scale. Sound. The sound in this is great. The orchestrations is great. I oh, love we, we it. should talk it's about very this noble. Is, this sounding. is one of the few games where the soundtrack actually changes depending on how far you go into a level. Yeah, uh, mid-level dynamic. Now, it should have that should have been a signal to the developers that maybe we're making this level too long. You know, what? 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 what the gas playing the music in the other room? Yeah, and he's like, come on, you know. So I will say that the the, uh, the levels they needed more breaks. In, but, but I mean, really, it's not that bad. It's just it first, is that bad. You've never beaten the first level. No, but uh, yeah, but there are breaks. It's not like you... There are checkpoints and stuff in there. There's check... But that's not the same thing. You know, when you play a game like this, what's the point of video games? You want to feel good about yourself, okay? Whenever you play a game, you want to feel a sense of accomplishment, even so small that makes you want to play it again. In Lionheart, you get none of that. You get no accomplishment because you never reach a point where the game's like, good job. It's I time do. to go on. I feel great. No, you don't. It, 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 I, I, I do. <laughs> this thing gives you plenty of checkpoints. I think that you need too much love. What is this? It's a game. Listen. You know, what do you want? It's not a teddy bear. It, I mean, what's wrong? It's, it's not going to give you that much love. It's, it's supposed to be hard. Why don't you just play Pong or something if you want that? It doesn't give me love. Well, what game does? What's the game that gives you love? Like, don't say it. <laughs> if you bring it up, I'm going to be appalled. The Adams Family. Oh, I knew he was going to say it every okay. time. So, you know, in the Adams Family, you go through a level, okay? And the levels are long, okay? But you have doors that you go into. In Lionheart, you've got doors too. Yeah. But the doors don't mean anything. It's yeah, they not do. it's not as that if ends the level. No, no, well, no, I'm talking about the doors where you go in to fight the spiders. Yeah, that's the end of that level. No, it's, that's another level. It's not an how show me how you know that's another level. This is one point two. Show me where that's listed in the game. When you die, you start with the spider. That's another level. That's not that there's nothing on the screen that says level one point two. But I mean, when you die, wherever you go back to, that's, that's the level. A che that's a checkpoint. That's not a level. But the, what difference does it make? It makes a lot of difference. It's a different level with different rooms. It, I'm talking about a different look, different I, music. I'm talking about the psychology of good games. So you're design. mad because it didn't put level two on the screen? Yeah, because you're supposed to figure that out. You know, as a game player, as a game player, you want to know that you're making progress, and this game doesn't do enough to tell no, you that you're you making progress. No, you made progress. You're in the cave. That's the progress. There, yeah, man. What do you want this thing to do? Hold your hand? No, it can be as hard as it wants to be. I'm just saying that's a, that. Now you're getting chintzy with the whole with the bad mouthing. This thing, you go to a different level. There's a checkpoint. When you die, you start back there. When you get out of the cave, you start back with another. So level. So you're perfectly fine knowing that you've never once completed the first level in Lineheart, but you put it over as I one have, of the greatest I have games of all. Completed it. Remember way. all the Amigathons where I give you? I literally put yeah, hundred dollars on the line. And yeah. You yeah, but I run out of time. It's not my fault. You you because you talk and talk, and by the time I get to the game, it's like five minutes. That's you're it. like, we gotta go. There's another hundred bucks in my pocket. I'm like, wait, I haven't got past the title screen. <laughs>
Don't give me that. I've gotten past it. All right. I cheated a lot. It's like because you need ex- all the men. I don't. I, wait, wait. I'm not that great. I mean, I'm pretty good, but I'm not the, the best. That doesn't diminish the awesomeness of the game. Is my point. Listen, you put most suckers in front of Adam's family. Think how long do you think they're going to be playing? Well, even if they don't get that far, they can still get to a point where they're like, "Boy, I did this, and I got past this thing." In Lionheart, there just needs to be a place. Where you even and they can do it the cheap Amiga way, where you just run off the side of the screen and then it says one dot two and then it tells you how many men oh, you have and then go on. That's not the cheap Amiga way. That's the way. It's not like the Amiga came up with that. Everyone does that. Nobody does that. There's tons of games that just get start another level. That's the way levels end. No, no levels end awesomely. Where? Like in Sonic, you jump through the big hoop, you spin the sign. But what? What happens when you start the next level? What's it say? It, tells, it says level two dot two. No, it says Green Hill Zone two. It's still, it's still it's a little message. That's just that's you're out of your mind. So, anyways, <laughs> getting back to this, you asked me what I liked about it. I like the backgrounds. I like uh, the music, of course. I like the variety. I think it's cool. And I have really, I mean, you know, when we first did this game, we were kind of bad mouthing the way Lionheart went around. He looks okay. I'm not, I don't know why we were so down on the way he looks. He looks okay. He doesn't I, look anything listen, weird. There's a couple poses that he had that are suspect. Like the the, the, oh, the sweep's not good. Well, in the hands up like this? He's got paws. Does he? I yeah. guess when you have paws, do you have to stand like have that? Have you seen a cat get on its back legs? That's what they look like. Not when they stand erect. They don't. They're cats. He's a cat man. Mm. He's got things, but he's got thumbs. Yeah. Like paws with thumbs. That's right. How would you stand if you were a cat man? You don't know. I don't. That I don't. you do just like that. That's a good point. So there. So that's off the table. So far, we're shooting down all your problems with this thing, <laughs> left and right. Anyway, in conclusion, this is the top Amiga game. You called it when it says. In fact, when they took this game out to show it, people from Commodore were like, "God bless, this is a great game." They thought it was on AGA. Right. Oh, yeah. And they were like, no, this isn't on AGA. And they were like, what? I can't believe it. I have never seen an AGA game that looked better than this game full stop. I mean, I don't think You're it not exists. wrong. You're not it wrong. Exists. It looks great. It's got everything. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, you think to yourself, oh, these guys were like demo scene dudes. Well, they weren't. What were I looked they? into them. They were just studs. They knew what they were doing. By 93, the Amiga had been pretty fleshed out. And if you took the time, and also, here's the key. Okay, because this game had a, 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 a delivery date. They're like, listen, we're going to get this thing out before Christmas. And then they're like, okay, we're going to get it out right at Christmas. And they were like, listen, this is too good a game. We're going to give this extra time. So the publisher was like, take your time. Get it right. Okay, guess what? How often does that happen on anything we cover? Right. Usually the publisher's like, get that out of here. Get it out. You know, this They were like, we got all the time you want. And then what do you get? You get a class. It's what you get. These guys could have uh, kept the ball rolling, but the dirty pirates, I hate those guys. They went and screwed it up for everybody. Um, I'll look this up on the old uh, on the old eBay boat. You know, I, I got a cop. Somebody sent me a copy of this a while back. It's a glorious. Now, I will say that if you look at the uh, if you look at the actual box, it just looks black. It's weird. I mean, you can barely see Mr. Hart on there. Yeah, he's very he's embossed. Yeah. But it's got a gimmick, like a sheath deal that goes over the box. You know, I love what are those sheath. things called? Sheath. The deal. Like, and then the, but then the box is black with like eyes. Yeah, it's double it's black. It's pretty cool. It's How double. much black could it be? You can't get enough for something like this. Um, these things go for big money. Really? Right? Oh, yeah. Because you have one. Lionheart. Yeah. Hundred. Uh, there's a dude that just bought one for 317 bucks. Wow. 100, 111 bucks. 142 These are sold prices. 
So if you're going to come down the Lionheart Pass, you better bring the checkbook. Um, I uh, took the liberty of looking up some reviews on this uh, to see to get some confirmation. Uh, the folks at a lemon gives this an 8.35, which I think that's about at least a point too low. Uh, Amiga Action gives this an 82. I don't know what they were smoking that day. Amiga Computing 85. These scores are stupid. Thank God for Amiga Force. <laughs> I always like to be part of the Amiga Force. What kind of lineup would that be? Like the Avengers? You'd have a frog. You'd have that idiot, the 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 uh, kid, kid chaos, kid chaos, would be in there. You'd have the your top banana chick would be in there. The, it's a new animated the series. The guy Netflix. would be yeah. in there. Anyway, now they gave it a ninety percent. Amiga format eighty seven, and Amiga Joker eighty eight. So uh, that's how I know I'm right. Yeah. It's, so this is a solid B game. This is a no. It's because these people are idiots. By the way, if this had came out a year later, they would have been they would have been licking the box with the light. They'd be like, "Oh God, thank you for releasing this now because we got nothing." Mm -hmm. So these are idiots. They should have came back and re-reviewed it. Did we get anything from the Discord? We did. We got quite a few Discord reviews on the old uh, Lionheart. The first review comes in from Alien Breeder. He says, "This is an interesting game. It's truly one of the best looking games of the 16-bit era. Loads of parallax and more colors than you would think is possible. The animation is smooth and the enemies look great." Where this kind of falls down is the gameplay, or so I thought. I originally played this through emulation using an Xbox controller and I had a very tough time controlling the game. However, when I received my A500 Mini, I played using the A500 Mini controller and found this game much easier to control, meaning I had a much more enjoyable time playing Lionheart. Overall, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. It's funny, because I can't get it to run more the crap on the on the A500 Mini. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So maybe he likes it more because it's real slow and it's easier for him. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe that's maybe the way you just, get easy just, mode. Just buried alien breeder. <laughs> Listen, he breeds uh, with aliens. What do you want? Everybody got their something. Well, I get Jazz it. Jazz Dog writes... After my first viewing of the movie, not, uh, after my first viewing of the 1984 movie Breakin', I believe no man possessed more moves than Turbo. <laughs> Having now been introduced to Valden, scantily clad hero of the platforming game Lionheart, I have been forced to reconsider my assumptions. With a good six or seven attacking moves in his arsenal, Valden seems primed to vanquish all who dare oppose him. However, like a fly pop lock routine, platform games require fast, accurate, aggressive movements. Here is where Valden begins to be exposed. It is difficult to make all of his moves work, and he must be standing dead still to execute any of them. It is a frustrating platforming experience. Impressive animations he may have, but he will not be in on my dance battle crew. Five backspins into a floor pose out of ten. Come on, jazz dog. Five out of ten. Chris Foles writes, In typical Euro platform fashion, they went through the checklist. Nice graphics, nice sound, except that horrible pickup noise, massively long levels, way too many pickups that seem to be of no use, and a final trope and the final trope of a billion bazillion levels of parallax moving, even if the character is standing still. That they thought this would do and get praise as the target audience hasn't played a proper platformer. Well, some of us did. I can confidently say they made the final 16-bit era Euro platformer mistake. Controls that suck out the yin-yang. The whole standing still combat whilst holding the button removes all fluidity and fun. Another flawed gem in the Amiga's back catalog. Six out of ten. That was Folds. That was Folds. I'll get him. Mm. A dipstick. And finally, Knight and Staff. Oh, this guy. He's a piece of work. The Brent writes, It stinks! What? Three out of ten. <laughs> Brent, so, you idiot. Seems like your favorite game kind of got buried by the magazines and the Discord crew. Listen. I had a feeling this might happen. So I did a little comparison. Now, you know, Lionheart uh, 
didn't get a release on anything else. Right. And since it's the best game ever, there's your comparison right there. You got Lionheart, and then you got everything else. And I think that sums up my feelings on it right there. There you go, Boat. Screw that. I think it's a great game, Boat. All right. Well, we do have a live audience with us today. I've Aaron. heard that. I've heard that. And uh, we've invited anyone who would like to come up and give their hot take on Lionheart to do so. Uh, please just come up and tell us who you are and uh, let us know what you think of Lionheart. Anybody want to come up and do a quick review of Lionheart? All right, here we go. Oh. Hey. Is this, is this the mic? That's the mic. Now, now, get, get, now sit down low. Okay. Keep going. Just gotta sit. Get down, turn around. Grab that chair. Grab that chair right there. Okay. And sit right in front of the camera. Okay. And then grab the mic. That's the hot yeah, seat. Yeah, just grab the mic. Just grab it. Okay. Now back up a little bit. Back up a little bit. There you go, bam. Yeah, yeah. This is live, you know. So. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Mr. Cola. Um, so I thought it was actually um, Leander this week. So <laughs> um, also a sword game with a dude that walks around really big levels. Um, probably a little bit more fun than Lionheart, unfortunately. Um, I think graphically, it's an awesome game. It really does show up uh, what like OCS can do. Uh, in the right hands. Um, I just wish it was easier to control, which was a little less slippery, and I wish the levels were a little less maze-like. Um, screw those uh, those little um, spider things in the second part of the first level. They do so. Um, there's not like a great way to deal with them. When you have to crouch to actually hit them, you have like half a second where you can't even do anything and they're just all over you. <laughs> Um, I tried to beat the first level while well, they've been talking about the game here. Yeah. Um, boats, $100 would be safe once again. That's right. Did um, you get to the end balls? No, I got past the cave, and then I got to the second part, and then I just kept getting owned by, um, there's a bunch of things that shoot things at you, and I'm like, you're shooting stuff at me now? Like, it's hard enough. Listen, it's a dangerous out. world. It's absolutely a dangerous world, but... Um, I'm not going to give it a number, however, I think you should give it a try, uh, see if it meshes with you. Uh, just expect the controls to be your biggest battle, uh, you know, going into this. So, uh, that's my, my hot take. Alright! Anybody else? Hot takes? Alright! Look, you can't work it. John, I often don't agree with you on your gaming prowess, but you're 100% correct. Hmm! To be completely honest, what's the point of having five awesome levels when you can't see the second one? Uh, that's, that's problem number one. Uh, gameplay in this is just horrible. And no, I didn't say graphics, I said gameplay. Your, your movement, your attacks, your basic controls, all too difficult. I've watched someone play through this on the hardest difficulty level, uh, McCall45 on Twitch, on uh, Real Amiga, and he, and he is a mighty gamer, mighty gamer. He struggled for hours and hours and hours. Uh, he did eventually beat it while getting the amulet to unthaw or unstone your girlfriend. But when it, the game looks amazing, the game sounds amazing, but none of that means anything if you don't have good controls and good gameplay. So, do I think it's a three out of 10? No, that was a joke. 
But do I think it's a five out of ten? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you want to dedicate your life to trying to get better at Lionheart, you can probably get enjoyment out of it that way. But in limited doses, uh, I mean, even if you play this for 40 hours, I honestly don't think you're going to get past the first board. So, there you go. Just, this isn't the audience thing, it's a horrible idea. <laughs> Someone come up and defend Lionheart. Anybody? He's got great hair. But, uh, <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe that. All right, Aaron, well, it's time to leave Lionheart. Thank goodness. And move on to what's been going on on the old site updates this week. What well, do we got? All right. By the way, I'm not happy with the way that ended. Go play Lionheart. Get a bunch of jabronis. So, we got a couple, just a couple things to go over here. You know, me and the Brent finally, although he lost all credibility just now, we finally got off our keisters and did a show. And that was uh, ARG 221 boat. It was arcade hacks and bootlegs. Uh, this time around, we did Donkey Kong 2 and Street Fighter 2 Rainbow Edition. Mm. Uh, uh both of which are sort of fun. Have you tried either one of these? I have not. I've, I, I, you know, I'm sure I've played your Donkey Kong machine before, but I, I don't, I don't think I ever made it to any of the two levels because you got to beat the first Kong no, before no, you move no. on, right? No, you probably just didn't have it turned on to this. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a special. You have to hit switch or whatever. Have you played Rainbow Edition? No, because I'm not a big Street Fighter guy. Well, you were like this. It's, it's, it's like if you got really trashed. And then tried to play Street Fighter, and you were also on acid. I did enjoy the fact that this show uh, got through the YouTube censors, even though it contained many adult themes. Well, listen, we I, I double-checked the, the questionable content, all of it on the up and up. Mm. Trust me. There were stockings, and there were tan colors, <laughs> the whole nine yards. But yeah, if you want to watch me and Britt play some hack stuff, this is, this is the video for you. And then... Uh, I think is that all we've uh, that's all we've got. Yeah. Uh, oh no, no, no. We got the Coco Show. Tell them what we did on here. On here. So the Coco Show, yet another Nick Morenci's game. This was a Rally SG, which is a loving adaptation of Rally X for the arcades. That is done in a uh, what do you call that graphic mode? Semi graphics modes, which means looks like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Um, it's uh, it, I really liked it. I thought this is a cool. I know you're not a big Rally X guy, but I, I like I like Rally X. Uh, and uh, I thought that this was well worth the purchase price. Uh, had a good time with it, and uh, looking forward to uh, the next Marenti's game that we cover. Yeah, he always has good stuff. That was a double shot of Nick yeah. there. It was. I mean, if you're into Rally X, this, this uh, uh, Rally SG will do it for you. Plus, he's put a little few elements in there that make it a little bit different. So I dug it. It was. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, if you want to uh, check out our Amigo stream team. We only had one uh, pop this week, uh, and that was from myself uh, and myself. I keep thinking there was someone there with me, but nope, it was just me uh, because no one wanted to come play with me. So, And it was uh, Amiga Mini time. I kicked the tires on the old A500 Mini with a bunch of crazy crap that I loaded on there, you know, as opposed to playing the stock stuff. It did okay, you know, for the most part, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, depending on what you do, you know. Let's face facts. It's an emulator in a little, in a very attractive box, you know, and it does okay. It but does sometimes okay. you get slow down, and the emulation is not like updated, you know. So it's, but I mean, it's actually I found it pretty compatible for the most part. But it's funny, like I said, one of the things that I tried on it was Lionheart, 
and uh, that didn't go so That's good. So good. Yeah, were so. you running ADFs or were these all HD or all uh, WSD files? Well, so here's the funny thing. I was talking to somebody about this earlier. They put a patch out for the A500 Mini that gives you the ability to uh, uh, use ADFs from the main menu. But if you install the patch, it gives you, it takes away the ability for you to use the uh, software that goes on this thing to play other systems and stuff. You know, like, because you can set this thing up for like a Pi, mm -hmm. you can play like Atari and, and stuff on it. They take that away. And so, I, and people that have upgraded to it are like, why did I do that? I don't want to be that guy. No. So I'm going to wait till the tech geeks get in there, the monkeys, and they figure it out, and then I'm going to listen to those guys. So yeah, right. that's the way I Sounds would Sounds like it. a plan. Yeah. That's it, but that's all we got. All right. Well, Aaron, it's time to talk about last week's Patreon song oh, man. challenge. That was a real dud, too, last week. Jeez. So, last week, we only had one correct entry, and he is with us today. The one, the only, Pac Billy got it right. It was... He always gets him. He always gets him. He, he, he gets me, baby. So, um... Yeah, live with that. I can't remember who sang it. Yeah, give me a little sign by, by Brenton Wood. Wood. That's right, Brenton Wood. Wow. So uh, that was on the spot too. Yeah. The well done, Pack Billy. So uh, he gets this. He gets the prize. Of course, now it's time for the Patreon song challenge. We're going to do a little audience participation this week, since we are live. And, since we are live in West Virginia, I thought we'd do a little something special. So we put the words up there on the screen, and we'll make them real big. Maybe make them even bigger. The cushion it boat. Uh, Just hit, hit the... What's the thing? Thank you. Oh, that's, that's not it. Hit control and move the scroll wheel. No, no, no. no. <laughs> there you go. How's that? All right, that's good. Okay, so everybody, and let's turn the camera on to the crowd. Yeah, because I don't want to be involved. No, you can. Okay. Thank you, Director Brent. Good work. Well done. All right. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Jazz Dog Daniel James, Miller R-Type, Bumface Pooh Hands, Chris Edwards Petzl Alarm, Albert Kim, we like what we like, Mr. Chippy the Prize, Herman V. Wonderly Chesham, Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Ram okay, Rom okay, David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew Mobius, the Phantom Magnus, Seth Gay Salstrafine, David Z. George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Superfam King, Crazy Loomis, William Venter Scar, Heavy Systems, Ink Bundy, Frag Lord Mark Bylan, Olaf Ho. Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cowboy Boy, Daniel Williams, Luke Hudson, Bomb Six the Bass, Frodo NL, Middle Eight, 
Solenzizer, Tank Major, and Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorg Love, Reflection, Simon Letch, Cap'n Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster Tim and Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, one time with the chorus, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobarkbit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kalan, Rapid Speed, Algabob, Chegote, Level Lord, John Marshall, Joanne Lipero, and Ricky DeRosa, Creepy Dead Boy, Ficky CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stephen Silver, Markinson, Edmund Helen, Christopher Hassel, Chris Foltz, Lauren Giroux, Graham Bethany, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Red Room, Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Iron, Duncan Stout, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rollo, THC, Eric Nelson, Daniel Bingston, Darren Cole, Jason Ward, Pixel of Dawn, and Kjol Bjorn Barman. Man, that was fast. I can't go that fast. Uh, all right, so we want to thank you all for joining us live at Boat Fest. We want to thank all of you live that are joining us here in the Twitch. We want to especially thank all of our Twitch subscribers. We do tape the show every Friday around 5 o'clock, between 5 and midnight, kind of. So uh, we want to thank the following folks. John Marshall, Frodo NL, Amy Steph, Blow Jellyfish, Paco Take, Macaron, Mitsuyama, Monzamas, Dave vs. Donuts, Real Retro Dude, Happy Coding ZX, Data Ombre, Uber Scuba Diver, Jabasoft, Buck Owens, Edvin Helen, Darkwing 602, Pixel Rages, Yolo Wookie, Mid Four Shoes, Lamasta, Amiga Live, Steve Burtz, Luminate 08, Jigglebox, Still Adolescent, Christian Russell, Retro Jerry, Blue Train, Thurso Bard, Texas Foosballer, Beach Bum 7, Butterbird, Explorer, Negsol, Da Crabs MTG, Retro Rewind.ca, Mash Pie, Eeyore 4077, Spinning 108, Twilight Zoner, Holy Guacamole, Back to 8 Ben with Firmski, Wing Chun Wolf, and Oil of Hope. Hey, thank you guys. Hey, thank you everybody. Aaron. What are we going to be playing next week? Well, you know, I don't remember if I put this in here or not. Let's find out. Let's find out. I did! Uh, dog tag game. Dog tag game. Red Boogie. Red. I want to play oh, Red. Oh, no. It's Codename Hell Squad. <laughs> I want to play Red Boogie. How the, did you get Red Boogie out of that? That was the sequel. I got confused. <laughs> All right, thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next week. And until then, everybody, adios. Woo!